Get the little ones, sit back, relax, and listen to the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. Chapter 12 Kit Baxter practically skipped into the crime lab. It took her some time to settle down after a normal evening's activities as the flying squirrel, but tonight her adrenaline was still racing three hours after the explosion at Northcott's grocery. She spotted the red panda at one of his workbenches peering into the microscope. He did not look up as she approached. Get it? he asked. Got it, she said, putting the grapple gun down on the table. Good, the red panda said, looking up at last with a half grin. That was quick thinking, saving that young policeman's life, Kit. But that could have been a little complicated. He started to turn back to the eyepiece. I think it already is, she said, knowing it would turn his gaze back to her. What makes you say that, he said, as he did exactly that. Well, think about it, boss, she said, plunking down on a stool and resting her elbows on the table. That wasn't a detective's badge. He's a constable, a patrolman. So why was he carrying it when out of uniform? The red panda finished her line of questioning for her. Right, to say nothing of the revolver. It's interesting. And he was way out of his neighborhood, so he wasn't heading home after his shift. Perhaps he was out for a stroll, he said facetiously. A stroll? He was miles from home, and he decided to pick up a few things in a shop practically identical to the one across from his house. He smiled. I grant you it seems less than likely, but given the rumors of new crime in the area, she cut him off. So the cops decided to send in a single flat foot in plain clothes from the wrong division. He laughed. All right, you've sold me. He's officially under suspicion. But of what? It doesn't make any sense, she said, plunking her cheeks down to rest on her upturned hands. That's the sort of thing we're usually most suspicious of, isn't it? I guess so, she said, blinking hard twice. What you looking at? Hmm, he said, glancing back at the microscope. Oh, uh, an interesting sample from the crime scene. How'd you get a sample from the crime scene? The cops and the fire department have it all locked down, her brows furrowed crossly. A little serendipity goes a long way, he said. Besides, as much as I'd like to have samples of the explosive agent used, this is one thing the police aren't likely to find in the ashes. What is it? And where did it come from? It came from my right gauntlet. What? she said incredulously. I noticed a smear on my gauntlet that roughly corresponded with where I had hit one of those bruisers, he said seriously. And she wished he'd finished a sentence without prompting when she was tired. Face paint. Foundation. She blinked. You're saying those two monsters were wearing makeup? I really am. But that doesn't even make sense. It's interesting, isn't it? They made no effort to hide their faces, and yet at least one of them, and possibly both, was wearing flesh-colored foundation makeup. Flesh comes in a lot of colors, she reminded him. Ah, fair point, he said. But there are facial features beyond skin color that denote different races, and I'd be prepared to swear that both of those bruisers were Caucasian in origin. So there must be something else to the makeup. But there isn't. It's plain old buy-it-in-any-drugstore foundation makeup. So you're saying that two giant white guys were wearing makeup to look like... two giant white guys? In a nutshell, he said, turning back to the microscope. But, boss, 
why change the color of your skin to the same color it already is? What's the reason? There isn't one, he said, and therefore... Their skin must have been a different color, she said, feeling lost. Right. But you just said... I didn't say I had it figured out, he smiled. I just said it was interesting. So aside from our mysterious policemen, we have known criminals working with bizarre high-powered gorillas who wear face paint to say nothing of suicide bombers. Quite a combination. She tried to make a remark, but spoiled it with a yawn. You ran out of steam in a hurry, he said with a grin. We should get you home. Sorry, boss, she said, blinking. The adrenaline finally quit, I guess. Want me to drive you? I think a multi-vehicle pile-up is probably more excitement than I need tonight. I'll take the downtown tube and catch a taxi cab. Are you sure, he asked. Kit shook her head a little. She was sure there was a perfect line out there somewhere about walking her home, something that would give her one last little thrill and make him blush one more time for good measure before retiring. But suddenly she was too tired to think of it. I'm sure. You're going to sleep at some point, right? I promise, he lied and turned back to his lab work. and brand new audio dramas through the Mutual Audio Network. Subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or iHeartRadio today. There's eight different podcasts, one for each day of the week and genre, and the Mutual Audio Network broadcast feed so you don't miss a day of your favorite shows. Subscribe to Mutual Audio tonight. Good night!